a tribute to the iconic Randall Robinson, who passed away on Friday at the age of 81, frustrated by American-style domestic and foreign policy, and not unlike W.B. Du Bois, who left for Ghana, Randall Robinson immigrated to St. Kitts in 2001. He would later write the book Quitting America, the departure of a black man from his native land, but not before he became the greatest advocate the African diaspora has ever known. Randall Robinson was an African-American lawyer, author, activist, and founder of Trans-Africa Forum. He was known for his impassioned opposition to apartheid in South Africa. Following his release from prison after 27 years, Nelson Mandela made it abundantly clear. But for Randall Robinson's leadership in the fight against apartheid, Mandela might never have known freedom again. Randall was also a fierce advocate on behalf of Haitian immigrants and Haitian President Jean-Bertrand Aristide. Almost a quarter century ago, Randall Robinson wrote the book about reparations called The Debt, What America Owes to Blacks, a classic text now, way ahead of its time then. A towering public intellectual, Randall Robinson was born in the Jim Crow South in Richmond, Virginia, and again, uh, like Du Bois, who became the first black American to receive a Ph.D. from Harvard, as you know, Randall matriculated at Harvard, he uh, in the law school, becoming one of the early black folk to graduate from the Harvard Law School. The late ABC News anchorman Max Robinson, the first African-American to anchor a network news program, was Randall's brother. Talk about a family of overachievers. Good Lord. <laughs> On a personal note, I had the privilege of traveling the world with Randall Robinson in delegations with other notable and high-profile black Americans, delegations which often included his elegant wife, Hazel, and his incredible daughter, Kalia, who was just a kid back then, but whom I was honored to work with years later as one of my producers. The high esteem in which Randall was held globally opened doors for me to bring my camera crew on various trips, allowing me to score exclusive interviews with Fidel Castro in Cuba, Presidents Aristide and Rene Preval in Haiti, Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, and Pope John Paul II at the Vatican, to name a few, all because Randall opened those doors for me. The African diaspora has lost its most distinguished and fiercest champion. I owe, you owe, we all owe Randall Robinson a debt of gratitude. With a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love, Randall Robinson served us all unapologetically. When we come forward, Randall Robinson, in his own words, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. In February of 2009, our annual symposium, State of the Black Union, celebrated its 10th anniversary. We convened here in Los Angeles just 12 weeks after the historic election of Barack Obama, who addressed the gathering of thousands at the L.A. Convention Center via video from the White House. Randall Robinson was one of our esteemed panelists that day, and I asked Randall what he made of the election of Barack Obama. He answered that question but offered us that day a great deal more. I'll say what I, I think it may say and uh, a bit about what it does not say. Okay. Um, it may say that the country, when it voted to elect Barack Obama, had uh, self-interest in mind. He's brilliant. Uh, you don't, uh, 
You don't become president of the Harvard Law Review. Thank you. Unless you are brilliant. You have to make straight A pluses <laughs> against the toughest competition in the world. Thank you. To make Harvard Law Review and then to become its president, Lonnie can tell you more about that. But that's an extraordinary achievement. He's brilliant, and he 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 also is a way out from the country, and he also had, I think, um, the assistance of his predecessor. Uh, <laughs> so, but. This is not an address to the problems that I think we're here to talk about. I think we need to contextualize a lot of what we've been saying here. Uh, because we've talked about how we should dance with him. I think it may be more important to understand that question, to talk about how we've been dancing and how we have not been dancing. Mm. Louis Brandeis... Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis once said that the most important office in a democracy is the office of citizen. In a democracy, the citizenry must be enlightened. We don't have a great deal of experience in America, black and white, with informed, critical oversight. Mm -hmm. We, as a population, measured against most areas of the world in a way that would shock Americans, are globally illiterate. We don't know very much, and it's not our fault because you can't know what you can't know. And so it would surprise many Americans who have this uh, self-image about ourselves to learn that we have become the major obstruction to the human rights movement in the world. You look at the treaties that have been embraced by the United Nations community. The treaty to defend the rights of women has been ratified and accepted by 185 countries. The U.S. is against it in a very tiny group. The treaty to defend the rights of children, ratified by an enormous number of nations, the overwhelming majority, the U.S. is against it. The establishment of the International Criminal Court to bring to justice people who have committed horrific human rights abuses overwhelmingly adopted adopted at Rome with Africa, Asia, Europe, everybody on board, all of America's allies. The Clinton administration weakened it and the Bush administration would not ratify it because there was a fear that before the bar of this court would be brought at one time or another Americans who had committed horrific human rights crimes. And so we want the world to live by one yardstick while we live by another. And uh, the the disadvantage of watching American news is that you get controlled news. And when you watch news in other countries, you get an entirely different view onto what we are and are not doing.
It took us 40 years to accept the genocide, the Convention Against Genocide. The Clinton administration, President Clinton himself and Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, blocked UN intervention in Rwanda. It cost tens of thousands of lives. But we loved Clinton. So when we're talking about critical oversight, we have to look uh, at what we have to practice now, and we must practice it constructively. But we have to look at what we didn't practice then. President Clinton went to the WTO and stripped the Caribbean countries of their export markets in Europe, meaning countries like St. Lucia, with 85% of their exports uh, earnings coming from the sale of bananas had their economies crushed. Farmers in St. Vincent were committing suicide because of the policies of the Clinton administration. The Bush administration, President Bush, with the assistance of Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell, went into Haiti, sent 30 U.S. Special Forces in to kidnap the president of Haiti and his wife, who is an American citizen, a product of the University of Pennsylvania Law School, born in the Bronx. The administration probably in this case committed a felony them to the Central African Republic that was then a, 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 a police state, a dictatorship, I thought to die. Maxine Waters and I had to charter a plane to go and rescue the president and take him to Jamaica, and he is now in uh, South Africa. But here's the point. You can't know what you haven't had a chance to know. We owe Haiti. Yes. We would not be here today had Toussaint Louverture done what no one had done before or done since. They defeated Napoleon Bonaparte. They lost 150,000 lives to purchase their freedom, and they ignited the emancipation movement in all of North and South America. Lincoln didn't do this. It was begun and triggered by Toussaint Louverture. And Haiti has been punished for it since 1804. Come on, but you see, we, we don't know. And we allowed President Clinton to buy our favor with a saxophone and a knowledge of gospel songs. You cannot practice critical vigilance without information, without knowing. Otherwise, we're simply cheerleaders who respond to fashionable speeches. We have to know who is for us and who has been against us. Our behavior in the United Nations on these human rights treaties is a disgrace. And it would shock most Americans to look at the record. Out of 20 plus 
major human rights conventions that have been passed since Eleanor Roosevelt pioneered the United uh, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Of the 20 plus conventions, the United States is only a party, is a party only to six against the overwhelming opinion of the global community. And so if the most important um, office in a democracy is the office of citizen, then it's a responsibility we all have but we can't practice this office until we get ourselves informed. Let me finish just one point. I heard, I I heard Beyonce said some, say something the other night in response to... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Randall Robinson about to quote Beyonce? <laughs> I'm quoting Beyonce. <laughs> you know when she said uh, when she performed at the inaugural ball oh, yeah. she said and I think this is we mustn't overlook the significance of this election for this reason Right. we're going to disagree with him but make sure we do it in context because whatever he's going to be he's going to be much better than what we've seen that's number one but she said that when she sees President Obama, it makes her want to be smarter. Mm. Well, and it, we should never forget, in tens of millions of miles of, 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 of minds globally, when that inauguration occurred, I saw it in St. Kitts. I saw a man walking through the airport in coverall saying barack barack There's, this is transformative let me and it's happening simultaneously of people who see a new model i want to ask you two questions right quick Randall. how do we get to know what they don't want us to know to be informed citizens so we can fulfill the brandeis formulation number one and number two, what is it about Obama beyond his brilliance that you've so clearly um, stated that makes you think that there's going to be a change in U.S. policy under him toward African and Caribbean countries that you've dedicated your life to? And your first question. I think um, I, I quoted Beyonce because I think that's very important uh, for all of us uh, to have that same emotion. I played basketball in college. I, I ran up and down a court in short pants, uh, and I thought it was important. <laughs> we will change the world between our ears and here, and it means that we have to practice ourselves and teach our children the importance of rigorous scholarship yes. and learning and having an insatiable appetite yes. Come on. for knowing all there is to be Come on. known. Come on. Because Come on. Uh, if, if we don't have that, uh, we, there's no way we can go. We can be so easily manipulated and led here and, yes. and, and, and led there. And so I, I, I think it's a very doable thing. But we, we've got to turn around this business of hero identification. 
and what values we're going to celebrate and what values we're going to decry. And we've, we've, we've got to be critical. I don't know how to do this, Tavis. But, you know, newsmakers and editors, um, both in television and the print media, have extraordinary power. What they will do and what they won't do. Nobody covered the kidnapping of Aristide. I wrote a book about it. An Unbroken Agony. Nobody covered the story. Do you think that the president of a similarly sized country, let's say Austria or Belgium, were kidnapped by the United States <laughs> and dragooned uh, off um, halfway around the world that the press would not cover it. It was shameful. It was awful. And there was no question that whatever you thought about um, uh, Aristide, many were for him and many weren't. But 90% of his people, by polls, demonstrated that he was the person that they elected and he was the person that they wanted. Now, democracy is not measured by whether once somebody is elected, you do what I want you to do. Uh, democracy means uh, uh, I didn't support anybody in South Africa's elections. I fought for the opportunity to have one. If they elected uh, uh, an Africana, it would have been fine with me. I don't vote in South Africa. They will make the right decision. They know that's the exercise of their discretion. And that's the Haitian decision. We can't go around the world overthrowing democracies we don't like because they disagree with us. The visionary founder of Trans-Africa Forum, Randall Robinson, dead at the age of 81.